Good morning, everyone. I'm delighted to be here this morning. Uh, my name is Kate Buchanan, and um, I'll be leading the worship service for you this morning. I'm a member at the Roslyn Hill Chapel in Hampstead, and I'm also training to be a Unitarian minister. So a very warm welcome to Kensington Unitarians at Essex Church, and especially warm welcome if you are a visitor or if you've just started coming for a few times. Please do join us for tea and coffee after the service. Our theme for the whole day, actually, is about exploring the sacred with a free workshop this afternoon. As we come together from many different backgrounds and religious upbringings to worship, to be in this loving community with one another, what does it mean to explore and experience the sacred, the holy and the divine? We begin our worship this morning by lighting the chalice, which is the symbol of our Unitarian faith. And we join in fellowship with over 1,000 Unitarian congregations throughout the world. This is our meeting house, our place of worship. Here we are in community, connected by ties of faith and fellowship. May the diversity of our beliefs be a blessing to share, that all may grow in harmony with the divine. The Practice of Waking Up to God from a book by Barbara Brown Taylor. Many years ago now, I went for a long walk on the big island of Hawaii, using an old train that runs along the lava cliffs at the edge of the sea. More than once the waves drenched me, slamming into the cliffs and shooting 20 feet into the air. More than once I saw double rainbows in the drops that fell back into the sea. The island had already won my heart. Part of it was the sheer gorgeousness of the place, but the ground also felt different under my feet. I was aware of how young it was, the newest earth on the face of the earth, with a nearby volcano still making new earth even as I walked. In my experience, every place has its own spirit, its own character and depth. And on this big island of Hawaii, I could feel the adolescent energy of the lava rock under my feet. The spirit of that land was ebullient, unrefined, entirely pleased with itself. Its divinity had not yet suffered from the imposition of shopping malls, beach homes or luxury hotels. I caught its youthfulness and walked farther that day than I thought I could ending up at a small tidal pool on the far southwestern tip of the island. After crashing of the waves, the sanctuary of the still pool hit me with a sound of sheer silence. The calm water lay so green and so cool before me that it calmed me too. Nothing stirred the face of the water, 
save the breeze coming off the ocean, which caused it to wrinkle from time to time. Walking around the pool, I came to three stones set upright near the edge where the water was deepest. All three were shaped like fat baguettes, with the tallest one in the middle. The other two were set snug up against it, the same grey colour as humpbacked whales. Altogether, they announced that something significant had happened in this place. I was not the first person to be affected by it. Whoever had come before me had set up an altar, and though I might never know what that person had encountered there, I knew the name of the place, Bethel, the house of God. As I found the source by St. Teresa of Avila, when your soul was born, it was like a still ocean that had yet to experience its infinite life. God then came to the shore of our souls and gazed upon the immaculate splendor that his divine heart had created. He then took off his clothes and dove into us. Nothing on their own have your arms ever done. The movements of your feet are caused by the waves he stirred. Light baptizes life wherever it falls. And every religion and all upon this earth is a shadow. A shadow may move, but it has no real power of its own though it can affect the weak and frighten them, and men can use that darkness to exploit others. As I found the source of all we do, as I found the sources of all our desires, so humble God became. He admitted, yes, I caused all things. Sacred, holy, divine. Whatever name we give it, we gather together each week in search of something beyond ourselves. It can be found in unexpected places. In our first reading, Barbara Brown Taylor, an Anglican priest, wrote about her experience on a Hawaiian coastline where she found that sacred pool of water. She went on to say, Sitting in my salty, fragrant church, 
I looked at the three stones pointing straight up through the sky and wondered how I'd forgotten that the whole world is the house of God. And in this, our urban landscape, it can be easy for us to lose sight of the awe and wonder of nature. By that pool, Brown Taylor found that she was not the, not the only one to see the divine in that place. When I first read Brown Taylor's words in her book, An Altar in the World, I was struck by this connection with nature. I often experience the divine by being amongst trees, and I can remember when I was growing up in Somerset, my favourite place to play was the Great Forest. I remember scrambling up the rocky outcrop to get to my beloved trees. When I returned to the village of my childhood, I discovered that the great forest was more like a clump of about ten trees just down the road from my home, little more than a copse, not a forest at journey's end. But it lives in my imagination as that great forest, majestic, sacred and divine. It does not surprise me then that being in nature and amongst trees gives me a sense of peace and stillness in the same way as some places of worship do. Brown Taylor found she needed the three stones near the pool to show her that places of worship don't need to have four walls and a roof. Many of us search for a sense of transformation which comes when we recognise that we are in the presence of something greater than ourselves. For some, this may be through exploring the natural world and being at one with nature. For others, it is acknowledging the divine power we call God at work through great leaders and teachers. Yet others recognise this power as a demonstration of human ingenuity and celebrate it through the arts, music and science. In our Unitarian community, we find people who hold all of these beliefs and many more. We are together each Sunday in a common search for meaning. We find words of comfort uplifting music, times to pause and reflect. And whatever our different backgrounds and beliefs, we know that our community is here to support us as we follow our own individual path. Unitarians speak of the values of freedom, reason, tolerance and love. We pride ourselves on having freedom of thought and belief. And this freedom is tempered by reason. Our rational minds prevent us from believing just any old thing, or so we hope. The tolerance of a loving community gives us the support 
to, to explore all these possibilities and to see God, the divine, the sacred, through the prism of human reason and thinking. But sometimes we hold freedom and reason in tension. Our hearts may urge us to believe something, but our heads try to work out whether it should matter. What is the ultimate truth? I think this is a healthy sort of tension, even if it is not always comforting. The ability to hold these two truths in ourselves is a particular miracle of human nature. Recently, I heard someone describe this as rational mysticism, and I think the term fits us very well. I tend towards thoughtful reflection and working things out, but I also need some space to accept the great mysteries of life, the unseen connections of the independent web of our lives. My head comes into it, but it always leads back to my heart. This is a special time for many different faith traditions and cultures. For those who believe in pagan spirituality, as we've heard, the Gaelic uh, festival of Imolc is at this time celebrating the coming of spring. And for many Christians, this day is a time to celebrate Candlemas, remembering the story in the Bible where Jesus was taken to the temple in Jerusalem 40 days after his birth, and to mark this with a blessing of candles. And perhaps some of you were involved with the Chinese New Year celebrations on Friday to welcome in the year of the wood horse. It is a time of new birth, new hope, and a chance to begin again. All these rituals and celebrations mark days in the cycle of our year. They give us a chance to pause and notice where we are in our lives and in the world as the time passes. We may be more comfortable with the religion of our upbringing, or perhaps we have found something in our adult lives which speaks to us in a different way. As part of my ministry training, I've been reading Bible passages which ring a tiny bell here and there from my village school RE lessons. The thing that has struck me most is the number of common everyday phrases which have made it into our language from their roots in the Bible. And if you search the internet, you'll find a handy list of about 122 different phrases. Our rich culture has been shaped by many traditions, and for many of us, Christian culture has played a large part, whatever our personal beliefs today. We continue the search for meaning and purpose in our lives, and perhaps we occasionally glimpse the source. In St. Teresa Avila's words from the second reading, as I found the source of all we do, 
as I found the sources of all our desires. So humble God became, he admitted, yes, I caused all things. I think we can sometimes get hung up on our language when it is really the feeling that is important. St. Teresa speaks of the soul like a still ocean that has yet to experience its infinite life. The ocean is a metaphor, and in that, if that is the case, then why cannot her other descriptions of God as he, with human traits, be thought of in the same way, if we choose to do so? Great wisdom can be found in words which are hard to define and to analyse, because it all comes back to something which is unknowable, ineffable, beyond description. We can recognise that whilst we have been influenced by the traditions of our upbringing, we do not have to be bound by them. May we search for me for our, may our search for meaning continue. It is more important than any one truth. I end with these words by the Sufi mystic Hafiz. My beloved said, My name is not complete without yours. I thought, How could a human's worth ever be such? And God, knowing all our thoughts, and all our thoughts are innocent steps on the path, then addressed my heart. God revealed a sublime truth in the world when he sang. I am made whole by your life, each soul. Each soul completes me. May it be so. Amen. I now have a guided meditation, so I invite you to sit comfortably, your feet on the floor, and we'll begin with a few calm breaths. Notice the air cool coming into your lungs and the warm air as you breathe out. As you continue to focus on your breath, I invite you to consider and reflect on these three questions. What is sacred to you?
What do you worship and adore? How do you manifest this in your life? May we find our own altar in the world. Amen. Go well into this world and carry the sacred with you. May we all be blessed with the courage to face whatever the coming week may have in store. May we all be blessed with compassion for ourselves and for others. And in in that blessing, may we become a blessing to one another as a living embodiment of the divine. Amen.